Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 303, and today we'll be talking about Children of the Dog from Craig of the Creek. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Well, Craig falls for it again. This this episode features the return of Bridget, and yes! they, uh, they really, you know, started the episode by having Craig's friends outline again that Bridget completely did him wrong. And, you know, they consider that for a moment. Then you have a beautiful song number. Yeah, an insane song convinces Craig, actually, he should pursue getting a dog. And, man, this episode, we were talking right before the episode started, it was just so freaking on point. The comedy was, you know, I'm not going to say that comedy's worse just because this episode was better. But, like, this episode, to me, just stood above the normal Craig of the Creek episode. Just very very fast paced in a in a in a good way like there was no unused space they they I, I just feel like the arc of the plot was was fantastic each beat i really loved and man even starting off with a song you know songs are a little atypical <laughs> for craig of the creek and this one really said i mean bridget came back so strong as a character they really pushed hard on this cult angle which i am just loving i'm just loving it yeah, I mean, uh, you you want to talk about humor. I liked Jessica with her uh, little, what is it, see and say that she had with uh, wanting, wanting to know what the giraffe sounds like. I liked that joke. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. See and say's are great. And also the fact that, uh, you know, you can't pick it. Although I'm pretty sure the way those worked wasn't that they were actually random. I'm pretty sure you could set the arrow to an animal and then you pulled the handle and it would do that animal. Yeah, I that's what I thought. Yeah, but you know, maybe she didn't figure out that's how it worked and she kept hearing how the dog sounded over and over again. That might have been the point. I mean, I love how they reward like long-term fans of Bridget because as soon as I saw Annie with a dog, it's like, wait a minute, why is Annie offering a testimonial? She was, she's an old Fredite. This is, this is obviously bogus. <laughs> and then they just, just in case anyone hadn't watched Dog Decider before, they then have Craig well, I mean, look on the strength of that testimonial, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to join. And like all the <laughs> all the audience members are on board after that. Yeah, I everything about this though is a fantastic lesson. As if we didn't already delve into like the dark side of you know religious cults. This episode, you know, indirectly gives kids instruction on exactly what things to look out for if your friend goes like, "Hey, join me on a Monday night." to come check out this thing. I've been part of this program, right? Like they give you words like program and you sort of might remember that later. <laughs> you know, maybe in your adulthood, <laughs> you'll remember that Craig of the Creek episode you watched. You're like, I'm not sure how I feel about this program with levels, you know, and why are we doing all this stuff for the leader <laughs> to, get, to get stuff I want? And you want to be the pinky swear what again? <laughs> it's It's amazing the lengths to which Bridget can convince children to go for her, but... The best moment by far of this episode was Craig being given, at first what I thought was like a dog bone tissue box. But yeah, that's I, what I, I thought. I guess it was more like a dog bone fortune cookie paper dispenser that, that supposedly contained the words that he would have to say to his parents to convince them to get him a dog. And it turns out that every single slip of paper merely said, I want a dog. And the, <laughs> the reaction that his parents have, <laughs> I, I would have never thought to write that. That was hilarious it was hilarious yeah that was that was so out of left field it was hilarious just from how preposterous it was like craig is acting so abnormally that his parents think he's 
gone deaf or just, you know, maybe he's having a, a stroke or something. And they actually take him to the ER. But the best line that wraps up that joke is that Craig says that he was there for two hours. And Kelsey's like, why? And he's like, I thought they would prescribe me a dog. <laughs> Which killed me. That just, that one was fantastic. I, I love that. Although, although if, I, if I can be uh, a little bit of a wet blanket, I think Craig's parents are kind of full of it. They're clearly upper middle class. They can afford a dog. They just don't want to deal with the hassle. Yeah, I, I don't know what about Craig, like, is their family too busy with other things to, like, to add on this responsibility? They're definitely, like, seemingly financially able to handle a dog, but, you know, Craig Craig won't be wanting a dog anytime soon because it turns out Bridget's endgame for this dog thing, well, it, it's very fascinating because I think children's media has now given more takes and have more, have more nuanced stories about potentially furry characters in their show than I've seen in, like, regular adult television, because the disturbing final transformation is that Bridget becomes a dog. Oh, yeah, that... She puts on her, her dog suit. Disturbing is the word. I mean, like, the thing is, and, and Craig has a very negative reaction, but I just find it so funny because Craig of the Creek is a total peer show to OKKO, which did a more, like, positive light yeah. know, furry episode. But, I mean, this one just... I find it so interesting that, you know, we're already at the point, like, okay, we had that episode in OKKO, so now we're already good with, like, and now let's show you the negatives, or, like, what, what, a, what a negative <laughs> outlet for being, you know, is, is Bridget convinced that she's a dog, or is she just pushing this plot more of getting attention? I don't even know at this point. I think the plot maybe is even lost on her a little bit, but, you know, honestly, it, it, it even, I feel like it went even more nuanced than that, because, like, Craig was disturbed, but the kids were actually perfectly fine. You know, her, her devoted followers were perfectly fine. Oh, yeah, her level threes ate it up. Yeah, like, is that almost a happy ending for them? I mean, they didn't get into a crazy pinky swear, and uh, now they have a dog uh, question mark? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna definitely leave a question mark on the end of that. <laughs> I don't know. It was, um, that was a very weird turn. But all of it, I mean, learning that Bridget is motivated by the fact that she wanted a dog and her parents wouldn't get one for her because they thought she'd be too intense with it. Yep. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what we were supposed to take as the meaning of that, but intense <laughs> Bridget is always intense when dogs are involved. Like it's not just, oh look at Fred, he's a great dog. It's you must worship Fred, like Everything gets amped up to 11. But the thing is, like, where did she get that dog carrier that she locked, you know, Craig and Co. in? Like, was that, you know, like... <laughs> Let's talk about the dog carrier for a moment. That that scene, I thought, and I think that I was supposed to think, that she was going to either try to drown them or threaten to try to drown them. And at the very end, the, the dog carrier's just sitting there uselessly in the creek. And JP's like, that could have been us! Yeah, I know, I love... JP's line. <laughs> I uh that definitely helped diffuse it a bit because while the scene was happening, I'm thinking, you know, yeah, the elders got stuck under a rock and that was kind of physically serious, but this, I mean, this is straight up she will kill them and they will die by drowning, which is a terrible way to die, I think. Maybe not, maybe it kills you fast. I can't I can't quite remember, but um, you know, that seemed like a very physically dangerous situation and I again do they not keep their phones on them all the time? They should really have their phones on them all the time. 
They probably wouldn't have been able to get them out of their pocket. I'm just glad the show established already that Mortimer has the brain of an adult human being. So that, you know, he can come to the rescue in situations like this. Well, I mean, if if he's, oh, I loved Kelsey having the bird seed in her mouth. Oh, that was awful. That was awful. <laughs> that was hilarious. What are you talking about? No, no. I mean, no, funny. But And I like Craig's reaction to it. But also, what were the mechanics of that exactly? I mean, she didn't regurgitate that from, like, her stomach, right? Was she keeping it somewhere else in her mouth? Or did she legit mini-puke that up? Because that's, that is pretty awful. That's pretty awful. I don't know. I, I mean, don't birds partially digest food for their young? So she, she, oh. might, she might be turning into a bird just like Bridget is turning into a dog. Oh my gosh. Like, Bridget's a furry, uh, Kelsey's a, f- a feathery. This show is going in many directions. JP's already a horse. Oh, wait, no, JP's not a <laughs> horse anymore. He's a truck now. I'm sorry. Ugh, I can't keep up. <laughs> um, Let's actually talk about the most disturbing moment of this episode. I think Bridget... I th- you know, I'll, I'll, I'll not say a bad word. Is it going to be more disturbing than the transformation? Because that's no, pretty disturbing. Bridget was was crapping in the in the in the dog. House, oh, and it was unambiguous. It was it was like very explicit. She like comes out. She does the like kicking her legs like dirt, you know. And then and then JP and and Craig have their you know hazmat cleaning suits on. And I'm just like, oh my god. I had purged that from my mind. Thank you so much for reminding me of that. <laughs> I mean, they, that's what I'm saying when I say that this episode was just on top of it with the jokes. Like, they went extreme for everything, which I think really benefits this episode. You know, everything about this, I guess it's because of Bridget's presence, you know, is just, just elevated to the extreme. And the fact that they bring in, like, yeah, Bridget is, is a lost cause. Like, she is, she is using the restroom. In the middle of the creek in a, in a in a doghouse. And where, again, where is she getting this dog stuff? Where did she steal a doghouse from? Where did she steal, you know, the carrier from? I mean, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure dogs don't actually go to the bathroom in the doghouse, so... Yeah, no, Bridget doesn't even know how dogs work. Yeah, Bridget has never had a dog, and it shows in her character. <laughs> wow. So well written. So well written. Very deep. Only the deepest of lore here on the Lunar Sea Spire. That's what you come here for. <laughs> So, so yeah, this episode, incredibly on point with the humor, gives children tons of, like, vocabulary and situational understanding of, of cults and, and, and the behavior of cult leaders, and also gives, gives children who's already watched OKKO a potentially negative view of, of, of furries, so now children have multiple viewpoints, I guess, to, uh, to, to work with here. So, I mean, that's just so much accomplished in 11 minutes. I, I can't even believe it all happened. This was this was awesome. Who, who wrote this one? They're the they're the ones who date dog deciders, so they they definitely understand Bridget's character. That's why she worked so well, even though they took her in such a different direction. Where does Bridget go from here? <laughs> I, is there could there really be a third episode about Bridget? I feel like this really takes it. It's gonna have to be a milder episode because this take it took it all the way to eleven. I mean, where where could they take Bridget? I mean, she's running around in her dog suit. I mean, she could. Ooh, I mean, I'm just thinking of yes. I'm I'm thinking if she teams up with Wildernessa somehow. I don't know. Wildernessa has a deep respect 
for nature, but I don't know if she'd view Bridget's obsession with dogs to be a deep respect. Well, I'm just thinking, okay, hear me out. Bridget is incredibly charismatic and, you know, she can she can convince people that the sky is orange. But can she do that to Wildernessa? Maybe. Because remember in Wildernessa's debut episode, Kelsey wanted to free all of the dogs in the neighborhood and Wildernessa's like, don't do that, you dummy. They're going to die out here. Maybe, maybe Bridget is able to convince Wildernessa to help her to free... Uh, what turns out to be the dog of Bridget's dreams. Oh, that is smart writing, bringing back that circle and playing into Wildernessa's, you know, empathy for the animals, but then having, you know, Bridget, you know, it, it, you know, the realization that it's just another selfish act and it allows the plot to not be having to fool Craig a third time because, you know, fool me twice, <laughs> right? It's not going to happen again. That would be funny. That would be funny if they somehow managed to... Fool Craig, because then you could have uh, Wildernessa blame it all on Craig at the end, because she she loves to blame everything on Craig. So yeah, Wildernessa hates Craig. So so that let lets Wildernessa walk away saying, "Oh, Craig, you dummy! How did you let her fool you so easily?" Even though it's like, but Wildernessa, you were the first person. To- oh, fine, whatever. Do you see? I think we need to find a uh, an envelope and a, a a piece of notebook paper and uh, write that idea down and send it off to Cartoon Network headquarters. I think that has a solid uh. It's a solid pitch, honestly. That's a solid pitch. I hope that. I wonder. Maybe Bridget will get an episode a season, so maybe we can get this one as her season four episode. Maybe we'll be in time. Anyway, guys, that's been us on Children of the Dog. I'm glad to see Bridget back. Join us next week. We should finally be talking about the ep- first episode of Adventure Time Distant Lands, BMO. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>